Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host, Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Erin Cowling, who is the founder of Flex Legal Network. She's here to talk to us about untraditional legal paths, freelancing, and how to obtain a position with Flex Legal. So welcome, Erin. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Faye. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Erin before we get started. Erin is a former large firm corporate litigator turned freelance litigator and founder and president of Flex Legal, which is a Canadian company. It's a network of experienced five plus years freelance lawyers providing quality outsourced legal services to sole practitioners, law firms, and in-house legal departments across Canada. Erin is known for her presentations on entrepreneurship, networking, and business development tips, social media for lawyers, and issues specific to women in the law. Her writing has appeared in numerous publications, including the Advocates Journal, the Lawyers Weekly, and the Canadian Privacy Law Review. So with that introduction, Erin, I just want to really dive deep into this topic that we're going to be discussing today, untraditional legal paths, because it's such an important topic for women to explore. So let's just talk about what is this alternative legal provider service that you've developed and how did you start this? Yeah. So first of all, we're, so we're a freelance lawyer company. So we match freelance lawyers uh, with uh, busy law firms and in-house legal departments. Freelance lawyers are lawyers who don't take on clients of their own, but instead they assist other lawyers on a project or kind of part-time contract basis. So we match the two together. And I started this business mostly out of necessity. I didn't wake up one morning going, let's start an alternative legal service provider company. As you said before, I was a large firm litigator and I was looking for a different way to practice law. And when I was off on maternity leave with my third child, I started taking on little projects from other law firms to kind of fill my time. And then I thought, I'm really enjoying this. Maybe maybe I can make this a full-time job. So uh, I gave myself a year. I said, I'll just market myself as a freelance lawyer. Instead of taking on clients of my own, I'll help as many busy lawyers out there as possible doing their legal drafting, um, legal research, some court appearances. And I became so busy within one year, I was turning down work. And I thought, well, that's silly. There's probably other lawyers out there who want to practice like I do, not in a traditional way. And there's obviously demand from busy law firms who need this occasional assistance from experienced lawyers. So that's when Flex Legal was started in 2015. And I just want to clarify, because this is a global podcast, Flex Legal operates only in Canada, and we started in 2015. In the UK, a, a similar company just rebranded themselves to Flex Legal in November. So we are not that company. We are only operating in Canada across all the provinces. So yes, yeah, so we started in 2015, and we started with three freelance lawyers, and we've grown to about 30 lawyers, and we now have 13 freelance law clerks as well. That's an amazing start from something where you just kind of let yourself try it out and see if it would be a good fit for you. Did you find that it took a certain amount of courage and it was a courageous step for you to do this? Or was it just something that evolved and just seemed to fit as you, you went along? 
Yeah, that's why I kind of gave myself that one year. I knew lawyers and finding a, a lawyer job was always going to be there. I knew I could fall back on being a traditional sole practitioner if I needed to. So there was still kind of that safety net available. So it wasn't as courageous. And that's why I thought, well, the one year will tell me whether or not this is doable. I think if I just kind of gave up and went into it saying, this is everything I can do, it might be a little more scary, but I kind of had a plan laid out to, to try it out and, and luckily it worked out. So just tell me, why do you think it's important for this type of business to develop? Well, I think, unfortunately, a lot of lawyers think law is an all or nothing game. And I definitely thought of that when I was at a large firm. It was like, I either have to work a thousand hours a week or I quit law altogether and I stay at home with my kids or become a Starbucks barista. Like there was no in between in my mind, but there totally is. And I think flex legal and freelancing provides that flexibility for people who have other things going on in their lives. So whether it be young children at home or elderly parents they're looking after, or even completely different, we had some freelance lawyers who were starting a tech startup, but they didn't want to give up law completely. So they said, send me a couple of projects a month or every couple of months, just so I can keep my foot in the law game. So I think that flexibility is why this type of service and this type of practice exists. And it's flexible not only for the freelance lawyers, but also for the law firms and lawyers who hire us. Because if you're a sole practitioner, you may not want to bring on a full-time employee. And our services provide that flexibility of having the assistance only when needed without the overhead costs that are all associated with having a, a full-time lawyer join your practice. I can also see how this is a very valuable type of service. I myself was not able to find a, a part-time job after having children. So it was, you know, an all or nothing, as you say. And at that point, I did step back from law. And I think if there had been a service like this, I definitely would have been very interested in pursuing it. Do you find that people take on a lot of work or how much work is available for people? What is their choices there? Yeah, so it, it, it's a personal preference. We have some freelance lawyers who work full time. They have their own client, like freelance clients before they come to Flex Legal. And then what we do is we top them up with more work. So they're working, you know, full-time hours and as much as they want. Others really don't want that. They just want a project, maybe like a five-hour project a month, or maybe just 20 hours a month. It's really depends on their personal circumstances and what they want. Ideally, we, we get as much work for everyone who wants the work, but like everything in life, the, the work fluctuates. It gets really busy in one area and then it slows down. Right now, real estate is off the rails. It's crazy, especially for our law clerks. I think a lot of people because of COVID are moving for some reason. So we cannot, we cannot keep enough. We can't fill all the projects that are coming in right now. I like that about how it really lives up to its name with the flex, because you can choose what you want, when you want it, and do the types of projects that you would personally like to do. So what type of law are you mostly involved in? Yeah, so about 80% of our work is litigation based. So, and all across various areas of litigation. So civil litigation, family, estate litigation, criminal, and mostly that involves drafting of the pleadings or legal research, the odd court appearance before COVID, but now it's not so much legal opinions. And then the other 20% is kind of a, a mixture of corporate commercial or real estate transactions for the law clerks and drafting wills, things like that. So it, it's mostly, 
it's mostly litigation based. And I think it's because I'm a litigator. It was easier for me with my network to build up that practice, but the corporate side is growing as well. So what would you say gets in the way of people joining your firm? What gets in the way of people thinking outside the box of a traditional practice is I think we all are told that a lawyer has to look, act, and practice in a certain way. And when you're surrounded by people who think that way, who think, you know, the corner office on Bay Street means success, then it's hard to think without those blinders on, I feel like. So, which is one of the reasons why I want to talk so much about alternative legal service providers and the way we practice is the more we can get out there and tell people you can have interesting legal work doing this. Like it's not boring stuff. It's, it's not boring document review. It's high level, interesting legal issues you're grappling with. And you can do this and just redefine what success means to you. And really run with it. So there's lots of flexibility within the model that they're entering in with you, but they can also set it up. Like you said, the person can, you know, build their own book of business outside of the work that they do with you, incorporate work from you. And plus they can step back at different points in their career or whatever is going on for them in their lives. So they have that ability to step in, step out, step it up and you know take on some different types of law is that possible as well so if you've been practicing say for example i was a criminal lawyer and i came to you what would be my my potential what what would i possibly be able to do with the with your firm well i think there's a lot of transferable skills between the practice areas so for criminal law drafting and and court appearances too is is huge i feel like criminal lawyers get on their feet a lot more than civil litigators nowadays so I think if, if legal research came in or drafting came in that was in the civil litigation field, then I definitely think there's some crossover there as well. So I think it's what you're willing to try or what a, the freelance lawyer is willing to try. Sometimes the, the law firms are very adamant, like, no, I, I want someone with 10 years of civil litigation experience. But of course, we try to accommodate everyone's needs. So let's just go and talk about, you know, getting a position with Flex Legal. What would be the process? I know that you do both a vetting for the law firms and for the people that join. So let's just talk a little bit about how that all works. Sure. So if someone is interested in, interested in joining as a freelance lawyer or freelance law clerk, there's a simple join us form to fill out on our, our website. So flexlegal.ca and there's a join us tab. And from there, we have the process of a couple of steps. The first step is an, a get to know you interview with me. And it's really just a phone call explaining for me to explain how Flex Legal works and for me to get to understand whether being a freelance lawyer would actually be a good fit for you. Sometimes we have people who are working full time on Bay Street and they're like, oh, I want to be a freelance lawyer, but I still want to make the same money as Bay Street. And it's like, no, doesn't quite work that way. Uh, so I, I, it's really that kind of, are, are we initially a good fit? So that's the first phone call. And then after that, there's a phone call with another member of my management team, Jen. And so she gets to know a little bit more about the exact type of projects you would be interested in. And we, we call them projects. Those are the work that comes in from the law firm. So is it, you know, I done real estate in the past, but I never want to do a transaction again. Then we put that in your file and make sure you never have to do that. If legal research is your thing that you just love and gets you up in the morning, then we'll try and get you as much of that work as possible. So Jen kind of probes that kind of information from you and also about how you like to work. So for example, if you hate speaking on the phone, we might not match you with a law firm that only wants to speak on the phone and never wants to deal with emails. So we kind of get 
the more information we can have from the freelance lawyer about how they work and what type of work they want, it, it helps us make the match a lot better. And then after that second interview, there's references and a writing sample. We, we call your references and we just, the writing sample is really anything in your area of law. So if you're a civil litigator, you drafted a factum, obviously confidential information taken out, or even just a, a letter to a client, an opinion letter, reporting letter, something just to kind of see your style of writing and a little bit about your analytical skills too. This sounds like a process that's developed over time. When you first started out, what was the criteria for your lawyers and how has that evolved over time as you you know, progress with your, with your company? Yeah. So um, I was a bit clueless when I started because I was at a Bay Street firm and I had those blinders on still, and I had been surrounded by people who told me Bay Street's the best place. And so initially I said, oh, only lawyers who have practiced for 10 years and at a Bay Street firm or at a, you know, really famous in-house legal department or whatever. And thinking that, oh, I was just going to get the best of the best, but realizing how stupid that was because I was only getting like, there are some amazing lawyers out there who have these barriers up from being able to work on Bay Street or have absolutely no desire to work on Bay Street. So I totally changed that criteria to we're now at five years of experience. I feel like at, at five years, you, you kind of know what you're doing. And really, as long as you have legal experience working somewhere with clients and understanding uh, how a legal practice works, that that's those are basically where we're at right now. Well, that's quite an involvement. And I noticed as you were speaking, you also talked about Jen and brought bringing her into the process. How did that all come about? So Jen came about, so she's the one who does the second interviews because I, I tend to love everybody. And so initially I was on the phone with people and say, great, join Flex. And I wasn't very good at probing questions and doing that kind of second gut check. And so it's always nice to have a couple of people have a phone conversation with the freelance lawyer to get to know them. Otherwise I'd have like a thousand lawyers tomorrow join Flex. So you're looking for a certain type of background in terms of their legal experience, but what do you look looking for in terms of their mindset and how they go about their work? Yeah. So because we match freelance lawyers with law firms who are often looking for work like to be done kind of quickly, not, not urgently, sometimes it's urgent, but without a lot of handholding, the law firms are busy. Hence that's why they're reaching out to us. So we need freelance lawyers who are independent can make decisions on their own, can handle the work that's coming their way. Like obviously we're there to, to help if a question comes up or sometimes if they need a precedent for something or there's a really complicated legal issue. Has anyone ever you know, dealt with this before? We're here for that. But really, you need to hit the ground kind of running. You need to be really good at your own time management. We're, we're not all together in an office anymore. I can't, uh, there's no micromanaging on my, on my end. So it's really up to you to get the project done on time and do a great job for the client. So those are all kind of skills that we look for for freelance lawyers. And what does a freelancer have to be okay with in terms to, to be comfortable with this whole process? Yeah. So I think, yeah, you have to be, you have to be okay with, yeah, this isn't a paycheck every two weeks. If you're freelancing, you definitely have to be okay with entrepreneurial side of being a freelance lawyer and the ups and downs that come with it. And kind of you're running your own business too, because that's you, you're the one who uh, has to do the work and it's not good for someone who just wants to sit back and collect a paycheck every two weeks and count on that. There's definitely some uh, fluctuations there. You have an active roster, like how does it work with that? So once you've gone through the interview process, you're added to the roster. And then when a project comes in and we, we send out an email to 
anyone who fits the description. So if it's a civil litigation matter or family litigation, we send it out to all the people who have with experience in family law or interest in family law. And then if it's something you're interested in, you respond back and say, this is something I'm interested in. If not, just ignore it. It's fine. Uh, no obligation to take on any of the projects. And who will they be working with? What type of firms are we, we talking about here? Yeah, so the majority of our firms, about 80% are smaller firms from about 10 lawyers down to sole practitioners. Although we have worked for some of the large national and international law firms. We also work with in-house legal departments with often when there's only like one general counsel, no other support for them. So that's, it's generally the smaller firms who just need that extra help now and again. Well, you mentioned a bit earlier about the Bay Street lawyer wanting to have the same income and coming on board and that wasn't going to work. What type of income can a person expect when they work in this type of situation? Yeah, so it, you know what, it depends on how much work you want and whether you're getting work outside of Flex as well. So between, between Bay Street and becoming a freelance lawyer, I worked at a small boutique law firm in Toronto for about eight months as an estate litigator and I hated it. But within a couple of years, I was making the same amount of money as I was at that boutique law firm. So, but I was working, like I was hustling, I was getting a lot of work. So it's doable to make the same amount as a, a smaller firm, but with Flex, all of the freelance lawyers set their own rate. So it's up to them if what they want to charge out for their services. There's a bit of consultation with us because the whole point of freelance lawyering is that we're an attractive service to law firms. So if we're billing out at $1,000 an hour and the law firm's only billing out at $400 an hour, they're not going to hire us. So it's obviously within a range. So can you tell me what hasn't worked with some of the people that you've hired? What hasn't been a good fit? What hasn't been a good fit is poor customer service and not responding to the law firms who need us to respond. Like we're not, I don't want to impose, you know, sleeping with a phone under your bed and answering at all hours of the night. I don't condone that at all. It's one of the reasons why I started Flex Legal. I try not to answer emails outside of my business hours. Obviously, if there's something that's urgent that comes up, I will. But, you know, with responding within 24 hours is, is a good idea. So when someone ignores a law firm for weeks on end and misses deadlines and I'm the one who has to follow up with them, that has not been a good fit. Also, people who don't follow the process uh, with Flex, we, we operate in a certain way so that I can keep track of the projects and make sure the law firm clients are happy, make sure the freelance lawyers are happy. And so and it's not a complicated process. It's really as soon as they work on a project, they fill out a little form and send it to me. So I know when the due date is and what the project is. I like to keep track of the type of work we're working on just so I can see, well, we really do a lot of this type of legal research. So maybe I should bring on more lawyers who do this, or, you know, we we're really low on this type of project. So it, it helps for them to follow the process. So where do you see the company going? You've obviously you're in uh, Ontario. Where else would you like to be? Yeah, we're expanding. We have now lawyers in, in BC. We have lawyers in Alberta and Saskatchewan as well, one or two in each of those, and Nova Scotia. So we have no one in Quebec yet, a different area of law, but maybe we'll get there. And some of the other East Coast provinces would be nice to expand to as well. And how do you see um, expanding it in terms of the number of lawyers that you could easily accommodate? Is there a limit that you would like to see? I get a lot of interest in people wanting to join Flex uh, Legal. I could have a lot of lawyers join tomorrow if I wanted to. I'm pretty particular about who can join. 
for a couple of reasons. Like, like I said, that there needs to be a bit of a trust with the process and, and, and is it going to be a good fit with the stuff we talked about earlier? But also, I don't want to bring on a thousand lawyers and not be able to get them any work. And I, I know I could because I don't guarantee them work, but it just it wouldn't fit right with me. I, I only want to bring on lawyers when I can actually provide them with projects. So if I see a demand, so like I said earlier, real estate law clerks, we are we can't fulfill the demand right now. So I'm actively looking for real estate law clerks. I just brought on a whole bunch of more lawyers in January because there was a huge need for litigators. So we'll see. Well, it sounds like an amazing company. And what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned as you've done this, done this process? I, I've learned that I, I'm actually entrepreneurial and I think lawyers tend to think we're afraid of numbers and we're afraid of everything and running a business and no one really taught us that in law school, but I really enjoyed the growth side of growing a business and reading about how to like every month I have two books on the go. One is like a detective fluff kind of book. And then the other one's a business book. And I didn't, my, my undergrads in women's studies and English literature with a minor in religion. So nothing to do with business. And so I've been really self-education on the, on the business side. And I've just really, truly been enjoying that. And just working with people and helping them find new ways to practice law. And it, it really warms my heart every time I get an email from a freelance lawyer or law clerk saying, I never imagined I could run my own business this way and, and have the freedom and the flexibility and still get amazing, interesting legal work. Like, thank you so much. Like that, that's my day. I'm done. That's great. That's wonderful. I think there's a lot of important lessons that people can learn from just about your entire process and everything that you've gone through as well as beyond what we're talking about in terms of actually obtaining a position with your organization. There's a lot to be learned here. I love the fact that you're not saying that big law is the only place to go, that there are different ways of looking at how we can have a legal career and that we can scale up. We can scale back. We can scale in ways that apply to our lives at the time we need it to apply. And I think that's so essential in law. And it's not something that's discussed in any shape or form that I've seen. And I think we really need to start having those types of conversations about how we can make our lives in law successful in a way that needs to meet our definition of success, our personal definition of success. And from what I've seen, you are really achieving this. So I just want to thank you very much, Erin, for coming on Her Legal Global. Thank you. Her Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out herlegalglobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles, and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.